I want to share with you a story that God can take the weak to confound the wise. He takes the nothing to bring salvation to the one who feels great. God has a way of working. And if you don't know the working of God, your faith will be centered on men and what men can do. But if you know the working of God and you fall into a situation, you will lift your eyes onto God. Sometimes we say we are trusting God, but indeed we are not trusting God. We are trusting men. What say, oh God, we are trusting you to build our auditorium. The pastor's heart is on the rich men in the church. Thinking that some rich men will carry their money and come and give it to him to go and build his church, his vision. But it's God who put things in people's heart. If God does not put it in the man's heart, it doesn't matter. He could be a trillionaire. He won't give you two cities. But when you put your faith in God, God, sometimes the place he will bring the hell, that is not where your mind will be. If you live like that, you will never, never be disappointed. Sometimes people are angry with their congregation. They are angry because they think somebody is rich, so he must do this, and because he didn't do it, he's angry. Is he the one who called you? If there is any anger, tell it to the one who called you. The one who gave you the vision. So they will lambast the congregation. When they are preaching, they preach in Kasantri. <laughs> you know Kasantri? Insinuation. The same thing to all of us. Sometimes our faith, our hope is on our uncle, our brothers, our friends, thinking that they are the ones that should help us out. But that might not be the way of God to bring you out of the situation. No wonder the psalmist said that I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. Because that is the only place that my help comes from. It doesn't matter whatever situation you are in today. We have a God that can solve problems out of weakness and nothing. Amen. There was a time that there was a famine very difficult famine, a famine that makes women eat their children. Well, when the Bible was talking about tender case, he equated it with women. He said, can a woman tender care cease towards a child? So when women get to a point where they sacrifice their children, then the situation is difficult. So there was a time the city was in great trouble and there was famine. The cause of the famine was a stronger person that have besieged a city. Sometimes some situation besieged you so much that 
You cannot go out or come in. And because of that, you become impoverished. You finish eating what is with your half, what you have saved, and everything gets finished, and there is nothing coming in. All the calculations of what you put down, that look, sometimes you can plan your life, but something can distort the life. Something after gathering, you put your faith, the Bible call it uncertain riches. Every money, every riches, every position, every uh, thing you have is called uncertain. You can, they are not certain. They can move. You can be a millionaire today and can be a pauper tomorrow. Something just has to change and you will see yourself at the opposite end. That is why we need to put our trust first in God and not in the things we have. I will read a story. The city of Samaria was besieged. That is, it can be found in 2 Kings chapter 7. I will read from the verse 3 to 20. Before then, I told the story that there was famine and some women decided to enter into partnership. Partnership to eat their children. That today, we will take yours and we'll eat. Then, next week, when the meat gets finished, we get to yours. Then we eat. Then, one brought the child. He got finished. He asked you, we have finished mine. So you two, bring yours. I said, this is my son. Ah, to kill this my son, I won't. They said, but you've eaten mine. I said, well, you brought it. <laughs> if you bring your son, people will help you to eat it. When there are trouble, the first people that suffer are the children. When things go bad in a nation, children are the first to suffer. We cannot take care of them. Because of that, they become wayward and they become a menace to the society. But this wise woman decided, look, I will not sacrifice the future of my children for today. The other was able to sacrifice the future because the future of that woman is the child. When she's not there, it's the child that will live after her. So if you cut short this son, what will be your future? So the devil will come and let you eat your future first. He's in to destroy future of people, future of nations, future of family. One was ready to destroy the future. One was not ready to destroy the future. 
Which one are you? Then this case became a war. It's a breach of contract. So they have to go to the king. So they went to the king. And normally, the big men don't hear the truth. Those around them won't tell them there is hunger. So he didn't know. He didn't know that people were eating their children. It's not his fault. So they brought the case. They said, what? Is that how serious the case is? Instead of him to see God's face, he decided to blame. Anytime you play the blame game, you can't solve the problem. He pointed the blame on the church. The man of God is the cause. Then he said, God do so to me and more also. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. So he was ready to kill Elisha. He think it was Elisha who brought that famine. But the one he wanted to kill is the one who is the solution. Sometimes we kill our own solution. It is this Elisha that will turn things around for them. But the devil made him accuse him, not only accuse him, wanted to remove the solution, the one who can solve the problem. I hope you're getting me. Instead of being angry at what is happening, he didn't even feel for the woman who have lost the child, but he's angry with the man of God. But Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him, and the king sent a man ahead of him. But before, before what? The messengers came to him. He said to the elders, do you see how this son of the Medrach has sent someone to take away my head? Elisha was not there, but the God of Elisha was there. When the enemy plan against you, sleep. Your God is there where they are planning. And he knows what to do to protect you. He said, look at the Medra. Do you see how this son of a Medra has sent someone to take away my head? Is that not true? Is that not what the man said? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door. Don't say, because God is on your side, open him. <laughs> Sometimes you have a part to play for your own protection. God protects you, but when God shows you a medlar is coming to take your head, don't open the door. So he did his portion and told, don't open because these people, if they come in, 
they will cut off my head. When the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. It's not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still talking with them, there was the messenger coming down to him. And then the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now he's departed from the one who is going to help him. The calamity is from the Lord. So whoever is on the side of the Lord, let us fight him. Let us kill him. We can't see the Lord. We can't cut him into pieces. But we know his servant. He is a human being. We can cut his head. Then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seer of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Like somebody prophesying to you that Ghana dollar will be one CD. How will you believe it? How can you believe that? And he didn't say, next day, tomorrow. And you know that it doesn't make economic sense. How are we going to get enough supply? There's nothing in the town. Can we take one day to get enough supply for the demand to fall so much, for price to fall? So there were some professors, Council of State, who are advising them, economic advisors. Look at what they said. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered. The king always has somebody he trusts to lift his economy for him. So the man, truly what he said, is not against any economy. He used his mind and said this can't be true. So the officer on whose hand the king leaned and said the man of God and said, look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could these things be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. If you don't believe, you will never enter. What he's saying is that it is faith that makes us enter into the promises of God. But if you don't have that faith, you won't even keep quiet. And you open your mouth to challenge God. Yes, God will fulfill his promises, but you will never enjoy that. So, shut your doubt in your mouth. Don't talk too much what you don't believe. Say, oh, Pastor, I don't talk. I will tweet it. It is still talking. <laughs> Whatever you don't understand, shut up. So the man prophesied that tomorrow prices is going to fall. There will be abundance of food. So mind that people will be chasing you with food and giving you some. And the man said, 
these men of God, sometimes they don't think straight. The guy is getting something is mentally wrong with the man. Because what is happening does not make sense for him to say that. Even if you have said, within 10 years, we know we can plant, we can sow, and we can replenish what we already lost. But this tomorrow, what is going to happen tomorrow? Is heaven going to open for it to fall down, even if it happened like that? I don't think it's possible. And the prophet said, you are a bad advisor. You will see it, but you will not eat it. I pray that we will see it and eat it. Amen. The prophet has spoken the word of God. The word of God has, is out. But sometimes God's word needs a vessel on earth here to be made flesh. Until the word becomes flesh, it cannot dwell among men. So God had to find flesh so that he can dwell among men and work. So he was looking, and those inside, they were so afraid that nobody could go out. He then initiated faith. God is the one who initiated faith. He is the initiator of faith. The people were sitting down. In fact, they depended on the, pe from the, the people who are in town. After they finish eating, their leftovers is what they must eat. But the one in the city is eating his children and her children. You who is outside, that after he's finished, you can get some to eat. What will you eat? Thank God they were wise enough not to eat themselves. But they will need themselves to fight a battle. Then the Holy Spirit of God Keep something within them. Now there were four lepers. Forward, leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? The spirit of the Lord came upon them. And they realized that, ah, why should we sit here? There is an answer. We must take a certain move. If you stay at one place, you will die. People who don't take decision, they die. People who are stagnant, they die. Look, don't be afraid to take a decision. Either it will work or it will fail. If it works, you'll benefit. If it fails, that is it. Don't be afraid. Some of us, the reason why we are where we are is because we are afraid that if we do this, it don't work. Do it. If it doesn't work, you've gained some experience. The next one you do, if it doesn't work, you gain a certain experience. One day, one will work. The next time, when somebody is going to do it, you are the master, the lecturer. You come, look, this area, when you do it, it don't work. When you do it, it don't work. Look, when you pass it, it don't work. You become a lecturer. Don't be afraid. Anyone who is rich and a billionaire took risk, high risk, 
things that could destroy his whole life and things that can lift his whole life. So the spirit of God quicken it. If I stay here, if we stay here, we will die. If we move, we will die or we will leave. So which one will you take? In all the two, you will die. But one, there's the possibility of living. So which decision will you take? The second one. So God also make logic. We shouldn't sit here. Don't let us stay at one place and throw in the towel and say, what can we do? Oh, Yahu. No, Yahu. Don't say Yahu. Say Mahu. <laughs> Don't add me to your death. Yes, lepers are not the best soldiers God can use to fight. If you need soldiers, you need people who can handle weapons. But they have no fingers to handle weapons. They have not fit to even work well. But God said, these are the people I want to use to bring victory. It doesn't matter what you are or where you are, whether you have fingers or you don't have fingers. God can use you to win a big battle. These four men decided. They didn't only think about it. They made a decision. So make a decision in your life. A decision to move to the Syrian camp to face an enemy. Without weapons, but with God. So they decided. Let's look at what they did. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. So that place, no go area, won't go there. And if we shall die there, and we shall die there, if we sit here, we will also die. Now, therefore, there were three options. The other, they sit there. They break all the protocols and enter the city. Who there is nothing there. Or the third one was what? Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. I pray for Syria. For them, they thought they were going to surrender. But for God, He was going to use them. You plus. Jesus, you are an army. You plus who? You are what? And that army can never be conquered by anyone. So they decided to take a step of faith. And if they keep us alive, so there's a window of we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. You see how they, they, they put it? We shall what? So the death is not... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the point you get to a point, you don't fear death again. You know, 
death is coming from left and right, and the only option is this. So why should I be afraid of it? We shall, in, you see how they call the, the death? Only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. To their surprise, what they thought they would only die, no one was there to kill them. And sometimes you can't believe when God starts. For the Lord had what? Caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. Three, the noise of what? Chariot and the noise of what? Horses and what? The noise of what? A great army. God used lepers' feet. He put an amplifier on their feet. And when they stepped, it made boom, 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 boom. As if thousands of chariots, God amplified what will not make noise in the ears of man. And fear fell upon them. Instead of the lepers to be afraid of the Syrian army, the Syrian army is afraid of the lepers. Look, the enemy that is frightening you. He's afraid of you. Just take a step of faith and you will see that he will flee. The Bible says, rebuke the devil and he will what? The same way they flee. God will cause your little faith to amplify. But they were not going alone. They were going with the heavenly army. And they were hearing it. The people were hearing it. Boom, boom. As if great army was coming. And they, they couldn't even pack their things. Therefore, they arose and did what? Fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tent, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. When a man ran and leaves his car, the thing that can take him faster than is terror, this kind of fear fell upon them, and they forgot that a horse can run faster than them. So they left the horses, they left the chariot, and they started running with their feet. God has a wisdom which is beyond the wisdom of men. Under normal circumstances, they should jump on their horses to be able to run away from their enemy. But fear can make you take the wrong decision. Fear can make you jump out of your car when the tire bursts and die. No the car will go and stop. Sometimes fear kills people. Fear will not make you take a rational decision. Fear will let you interpret everything in different ways. I remember I had a friend who fears snakes. We two, no village boy, go to farm. We see snakes. I know those that are poisonous and those that are not poisonous. There are some, most of them are not poisonous. 
the guy was afraid. He saw a snake previous, three days ago. So when we came home, he was afraid. He saw a stick lying down. He started screaming. Snake, snake, snake. I said, ah, this place, snake coming. I had there. I said, what is this? He was running. I said, no, 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 don't go, don't go there. I saw that it was a stick. He was saying snake, snake. I was looking at it. I was seeing a stick. He was seeing a snake. <laughs> Fear can interpret your mind to what you are afraid of. He started running. Even after I took the stick, he thought I was Moses. <laughs> so sometimes fear can make you see different things in people. So they ran and they left everything they had and they ran on foot. Left their horses, left their chariot, left what they were going to use to fight let what Samaria, the city, was afraid of. What they were going to use to destroy the city, which the city was afraid of. They left it in the hands of four lepers. So the four lepers got there, and when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into the tent and ate and drank. They didn't think twice. If you are hungry, he said, let them eat you, they come and kill me. At least I am dying with food in my stomach. They went in return and ate and drank and carried from it what? Silver, gold, and clothing. Whatever battle you're fighting, there is silver behind it. There is gold behind it. There are clothing behind it. What you think is going to destroy you is going to bring you wealth. Look at it. They went in the tent and ate. They were hungry. A hungry man don't need clothes first. Oh, the first thing a hungry man needs is food. So they look for food and they ate the best. They ate with their legs, their hands, their mouth, their stomach. What they couldn't eat for many weeks, they are eating it. Then when they finished, look at what they did, like us. You didn't fight a battle, but you think you are the one who won the battle. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. You see how selfish human beings are. They now started accumulating wealth for themselves. <laughs> After eating and getting satisfied, they never thought about anyone. They were so selfish that they were looking for their own interest. So they went and hid it. Then look, the Holy Spirit prompted one. <laughs> then they said to one another, we are not doing what? Right. Tell somebody, we are not doing right. If you are holding and keeping while others are dying, you are not doing right. Every work of greed, you are not doing right. We are not doing right. The Holy Spirit who prompted them, who used them, 
also convicted them that, look, you are not doing right. Some of you have found Christ Jesus. And you are happy in it. You come and dance, and you come and this, and you've got some miracle here and there, but you are keeping it to yourself. You are not doing right. That is one of the essence of reaching out. If you don't reach out, you are not doing right. You are not doing right because you need to send that good news to other people. You need to tell other people what you are enjoying and what God is doing for you. Proverbs 14, 25. A true witness believes what? This people supposed to deliver the souls in the city. God has prophesied that he was going to give them food. God has prophesied that I want to save the entire world. But one must find Christ first before he can tell the others. And anytime you become a true witness, what do you do? You save what? Souls. Because there were souls there dying. They need to be delivered. They need to be saved. Because hunger is killing them. You must go and tell them the good news that there is food outside there. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from an error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sin. There were many souls that were going to die if they hadn't gone to tell them. They were in a camp ready to die. Maybe some were dying. So they have to rush and send that good news to them. Then James 5.20, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So the essence of going out is to tell people what you yourself have seen. That's why we call witness. You were there. You have experienced it. Then they said to the one another, we are not doing right. This day is what? A day of what? Good news. And we remain silent. Don't remain silent. Go and preach the good news. If we wait until morning light, if we say we we'll wait till next year, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied, and the tent intact. I love it. Everything was intact apart from those who were to come and invade them. Your enemy, what they have brought, they will leave it and run away. Amen. And the gatekeepers call out, and they told it to the king's household, household inside. Look at what they will tell. So the king arose in the night and said to his servant, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. Even after the fulfillment of the word, the man can't believe. 
They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. Fear. The king couldn't believe that God can work miracle. They've come to report to you. People are witnesses of what has happened. He said, no, 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 no. It's a trap. And one of his servants answered and said, please, let several men take five of the remaining world, horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore, what happened? They took two chariots with horses and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army saying, go and see. The king has a monkey fifth. Unless I see, I can't believe it. And they went after them to Jordan. And indeed, all the roads was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians have thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the world, the tents of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for what? A shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel. According, 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 according to the word of God. When God speaks, it doesn't matter what is surrounding you. It doesn't matter the mountain that are before you. It doesn't matter the difficulty that you see. God's word reigns supreme over every situation. God cannot lie. Whenever he speaks, he watches over his word and back his word and they will surely come to pass. Look, God has said some things about you and it seems impossible. Today, have courage and know that if this was able to happen exactly as God said, it will surely happen to you exactly as God also said. Now the king had appointed this prophecy being fulfilled. I'm reading the prophecy being fulfilled. It has been prophesied that the first part has been fulfilled. Remain the second portion. The second portion was that. The man we see, but will not want. Let's see whether I can, that one too will come to pass. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge over the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died. Just as the man of God has said, who spoke when the king came down to him. The inspired word of God is so powerful that nothing can keep it. The Bible says that it's like a small seed 
when it enters even into a mountain, it can crack the mountain and move and make a way. Look, when God speaks his word, let's take it very seriously. The man also died. He saw the food coming, but he never enjoyed the food. And he has said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Did he see it with his eyes? Did he eat? Okay. And so it happened to him. But the people trampled him in the gate. And he died. And if you believe, you will live. If you doubt, you will die. So our message is to bring, make people believe. They that shall believe shall live. They that shall doubt shall die. Brethren, your mind have been going through difficult situations which have no answer in any book, which no pastor could answer. But what we need is God's voice. I pray that God will speak in your situation. I pray that God will speak in your situation. Then you will know that God rules in the affairs of man. I want you to carry this good news. Never, ever give up. No matter how hard and difficult things are, never eat your children. Never sacrifice them for anything, for anybody, for political expedience. Never push them to go and fight and take guns to fight for their future. Never allow any politician to push them in the campaign trail to take knives and guns to share their blood. Their blood is not Jesus' blood. Protect them. Advise them. But they are our future. What is happening to us? There's an answer to it. We will not remain in it forever and ever. Samaria came out of their problem. We will come out of our problem too. God bless you.